next week bring your kids we are going to party okay uh, all these chairs are getting moved this turns into a broom ball rink uh, we have um, we're gonna have food form stuff like that we've got a, a, a huge obstacle course for them to race through they're gonna shoot each other with nerf guns it's fantastic we said K through six. I know that bothers you. It's like, that sounds like my kindergartner is going to get murdered. No, we'll separate them. They'll go in different groups. So they'll be it, with a completely inappropriate age range. So uh, what? Yeah, food. Uh, awesome. Okay. Um, I want to talk about baseball for a couple weeks. I want to pray. Lord, please bless this time. Lord, speak to us. Um, it's in vain if we don't hear from you, Lord. Speak to us, Father. Teach, rebuke, correct, and train us in righteousness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, it wasn't long ago that uh, we forgot how much we missed a little baseball. Everybody's season got canceled. Remember that? And everything was changed, and we got, we got this expression, the new normal. And then everyone was trying to decipher is this a season or is this the new normal and for a while chaos just became the new normal everything is not the same you're in 2022 now and it's not it's not 2019 again everything didn't go back as if nothing had ever happened but we have slipped into sort of a new phase. And it's an odd phase where life can go on as normal, but you don't know what to do because we realize how fragile everything is. And in an instant, all my grandeur plans, plans of grandeur, whatever, all my great plans for this new business could belly up. This degree that I go for could not exist anymore. <laughs> it may be illegal for me to go to work next week. You don't trust anybody. You don't trust any system. And then we have the raging debates. And everyone all of a sudden has time to jump into debates, debates for which they have no idea. No idea what we're talking about. And some we do. And some we think we know what we're talking about because we, wrote, we, we, we read what someone else wrote when they had no idea. And now we are formally educated. Weird. We're in the new, new normal.
Let me ask you. In your experience, in your experience, what have you learned? Do you understand if you don't evaluate experience, it doesn't count? What if I'd played a thousand baseball games and I had lost a thousand baseball games? It's a lot of experience. You going to me for advice? <laughs> Mm-mm. Charlie's only played 50. He won 49 of them. I've played 1,000. I lost 1,000. Experience doesn't always equal wisdom. Evaluated experience. So when you evaluate your experience, what did you learn about God? What did you learn about God in this season? Did you, uh, did you pick up any fears in this season? Did you pick up any hatred in this season? Did you decide that there's a group of people, a party of people that you're just 100% done with? <laughs> How are you different on the other end? It's an interesting concept. Jump with me into Psalm 37. I think that the Lord has something for us. When we speak to one another in English, when I want to put emphasis on something, next week we're going to have a party for the kids. It's going to be super fun, right? Super fun. It's not just going to be a party. It's not just going to be a fun party. Super fun party. We're going to do a baby dedication where the church says, hey, we're going to help you raise them. And you say, church, will you help me raise them? And, and we're, we're, going to, we're going to do this thing. And so let us know if you want to uh, dedicate your child. It doesn't have to be a, an infant. Uh, but but we're, going to, we're going to do this. And so we, when we think something's important, we add adjectives. It's super fun. It's super duper fun. My kids... Maybe say it's super duper scooper fun. I'm not sure what scooper means, but I know it's top tier. In the Bible, there's not a lot of wasted words. There's not a lot of adjectives. The way that they emphasize something is with repetition. I'm going to read you something, and I want you to pick up a word that is repeated, okay? Psalm 37, one through nine. All the scriptures on the screen. This was written, uh, gosh, this was written probably 800 years before Jesus was ever on the earth. So this is really old. In fact, uh, maybe you don't know where Psalm is in your Bible. All the scriptures on the screen. Nobody expects you to be a Bible expert. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, we would love to give you one. Okay, so chill. If, uh, if you're not expert, you're in the right place. Is, everything's okay. Look for repetition. Do not be agitated by evildoers do not envy those who do wrong for they wither quickly like grass and wilt like tender green plants trust in the lord and do what is good dwell in the land and live securely take delight in the lord and he will give you your heart's desires commit your way to the lord trust in him and he will act making your righteousness shine like the dawn your justice like the noonday be silent before the Lord and wait expectantly for him. Do not be agitated by one who prospers in his way, by the person who carries out evil plans. Refrain from anger and give up your rage. Do not be agitated. It can only bring harm. 
For evildoers will be destroyed, but those who put their hope in the Lord will inherit the land. What word was repeated? Agitated. Good, you picked up on that. Do not be agitated. And then it was followed by evildoers will get their just desserts. Do not be agitated. And could I pick a better word for you? For the last few years of your life? Are you not agitated? Are there not people that you're done with? Are there not, are, are there not people that call you? Does your phone ring and words come up that say, do not answer? <laughs> Anybody? You are agitated. And I think it's interesting that it says, do not be agitated. It can only bring harm. Oh, that's weird, because the people that I'm agitated at, they're the ones that are bringing harm. That's why I'm agitated. God must not know how agitated works. It's not my agitation that brings harm. I'm agitated at those who bring harm. Yeah, but is that true? Because God seems to think it's not. Agitated, we're reading an English translation of the Hebrew right here. And so we're using the word agitated, uh, but the word in Hebrew means to, to burn or be kindled with anger. And I just saw some of y'all go, ah, oh, yes, then that's it. <laughs> because you thought agitated was much too mild for your state. To, to burn or be kindled with anger. And we have more things in our lives than ever that we burn towards. That you are, it's like kindling. It's not hard to start that fire. I could bring up a couple buzzwords right now and open the floor up for discussion. And we would have a fist fight among friends before it's over. But what did you learn about God? Has God still honored his word? Have the principles that you've learned in Proverbs still been true? Oh, but I know a friend that, w that was in it. Hold on, hold on, because we can get there and we can, we, we can have that conversation. But do you know who you know everything about? You. Do you know who you don't know everything about? Anyone who's not you. First, you have to plead your own case to the Lord. Has God been just? Has he honored his word to you? And there are some circumstances where you go, I don't know, I have some questions. And I would love to sit and talk with you about that. That's what, that's, that's what the church is for. But have you gone through the last couple years and picked up a few fears, picked up a few anxieties, and grown extremely agitated, but has God been faithful to you? Church, don't be agitated. We've got to set our hearts on the Lord. We are standing on the shoulders of Christians who were murdered for their 
faith, reading almost daily the scriptures written by people who wrote to us to stay peaceful while they were in prison. Being agitated is our choice. I don't want to preach this because I feel like a hypocrite right now. I'm not going to say I have a short fuse, but I can, I can get hot. You know, the Bible says, this is not my notes, this is just interesting. The Bible says that God is slow to anger. Do you know that it doesn't actually say in the Hebrew that God is slow to anger? Do you know what it says? This is funny. That God is long in the nose. God is long in the nose. Because when you get, hang, when you get hangry, <coughs> when you get angry, uh, what happens to your face? It turns red. And so if you have a long nose then your nose takes longer to turn red. So when it says that God is long in the nose, it means that God is slow to anger. Maybe, maybe you'll win a game show with that. I don't know. I, just, I, think, I think it's cool. Let's keep going. Psalm 37, 10 through 20. A little while and the wicked person will be no more. Though you look for him, he will not be there. So what are you worried about? What are you getting agitated by? Someone who won't be there in a little while? Keep going. Verse 11, but the humble will inherit the land and will enjoy, enjoy abundant prosperity. The wicked person schemes against the righteous and gnashes his teeth at him. The Lord laughs at him because he sees that his day is coming. You're not laughing because you can't see the day coming, but God can, so you need to go into the sanctuary and talk to God. The wicked have drawn the sword and strung the bow to bring down the poor and needy and to slaughter those whose way is upright. Their swords will enter their own hearts and their bows will be broken. The little that the righteous person has is better than the abundance of many wicked people. Don't envy the abundance of wicked people. For the arms of the wicked will be broken, but the Lord supports the righteous. The Lord watches over the blameless all their days, and their inheritance will last forever. Has God not stuck through you as you have been faithful to him? Did you not worry about your business? Did you not worry about how things would come? You saw gas prices were going to come. There's going to be food shortage. We don't have toilet paper, and our pets' heads are falling off. And you are freaking out. Was God not faithful to you did he not honor you when you honored him okay then we don't have to be agitated they will not be disgraced in times of adversity they will be satisfied in days of hunger it doesn't say that days of hunger won't come it says that you will be satisfied and you will not be disgraced But the wicked will perish. The Lord's enemies, like the glory of the pastures, will fade away. They will fade away like smoke. I didn't say that God made you wealthy, but God, has God not sustained you when you were faithful to him? We have stories of times that we don't feel like we were sustained. But where were you in your obedience to the Father? He doesn't bless unrighteousness. Now, wait a minute. I thought there was none righteous, no, not one. 
You are 100% correct. No one can be perfect, but are you seeking the Lord? There's a huge difference in, in, in sinning and living in sin. There's a huge difference in I'm walking to the Father and I stumble and I get up headed to the Father and I stumble and I say, forget you. I can't expect the blessings in the land of Goshen when I'm walking away from it, okay? It's a big difference, big, big, big. As you have walked towards the Father, has he not sustained you? Have you had a little bit of trouble? Absolutely. Have you done math on the finances and, and the numbers just didn't add up? Absolutely. Did you make it through? Has God not sustained you? Are you worried about something else? Man, I mean... We are, we are crying because they will not harvest wheat in the Ukraine. We're worried. Yeah, that's a big deal. You know what's a bigger deal? That people are dying in the Ukraine. We're worried about us because we have all this anxiety. God will sustain you. Will you go through times of lack? Will you go through times that aren't quite so prosperous? Absolutely. He will sustain you. And you can have joy in good times or bad. When Paul wrote the words, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, he wasn't talking about his little league baseball game. He said, I can still have joy even though I'm being beaten and imprisoned. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's the context of what he's talking about. We worry about ourselves, and I get it. I do too. But God will sustain us. Your future is secure in Christ and in his teachings. Do you get that part? This is where, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not a hellfire and brimstone preacher, but, but I do feel like I have to counter our culture as we are constantly taught that you're going to be blessed just because you exist. You will find that nowhere in the scripture. And I am trying to save people from frustration when we cry out to God, why are you blessing everyone else? Why does this all happen? Why are you not blessing me? That's, that's not what the scripture says. We've got to follow him. And he will bless us. He will sustain us when we are following him. So our future is secure in Christ and in his teachings. The Bible says, do not, be uh, do not be deceived. God will not be mocked for a man reaps what he sows. Right? Church, if you will go out and sow righteousness, perfect? No! I'm not perfect either. I have to make apologies all the time for being a, for, for, for being a jerk, forgetting about somebody, for, for all sorts of things. But I get up to pursue the Lord and he continues to bless me. I am unworthy. But he is faithful. When I was in Little League, I had a major problem. I never went very far in baseball because there was one thing I could not make myself do. And that was watch the ball. <laughs> That's a biggie. I was pretty good at the fielding part, but I had this one game where I was in center field 
And, and my, I did not grow up in a, like I, I grew up in an athletic family, but not a sports family. My, my in-laws freaked me out. We, some of y'all are like, that doesn't make sense. Dude, we're, we're I mean, yeah, we, we ran, we played, we did all those things. Every sport, lived and breathed it. I never saw a professional game of anything on the television in my household growing up ever, not one time, minus we watched the Super Bowl for a few minutes and thought, we don't know any of these people. This is boring. We didn't watch sports on TV at all, period, ever. We played it every moment we could. Does, does that make sense? But... Um, I, I'm, there's a reason I'm telling you that. I was in the center field, in the center field, in center field, and a ball got hit to me. Pop fly, right? Ball. And I've got the ball. And the bases, I mean, there were people on like every base. And I wasn't thinking about it. <laughs> you know, they tell you, like, watch the game, pay attention. Yeah, that didn't happen. And so I've got the ball. I don't know what exactly happened, but I'm sure it was a fantastic play. <laughs> and I've got the ball, and I look, and I see this runner, and I'm going to throw him down. But then there's one going from second to third, and I'm going to throw him down. But there's one going home, so I'm going to throw that one down. And then that one at home, I'm probably not going to get there, so I'm going to go back to two. Well, he's already there. And so I'm just evaluating, and what is the coach screaming? Throw the ball. Throw the ball. And all the stands are screaming, throw the ball. My teammates, the cutoff man is running out to literally grab the ball from me. Like I'm going to get tackled in center field. And I got caught holding the ball. And instead of making the best play, I made no play. Instead of making the worst play, instead of making any play, had I thrown it to left field, at least he could have done something with it. <laughs> but I panicked because I didn't know what was the best thing to do. And so as I was evaluating my options, my options were taking the liberty of running the bases. And I got caught doing what I knew I would never do again. I got caught holding the ball. Now, here's the reason I told you the last part. My dad was not, uh, I, I didn't go home and get beaten for bad games and stuff like that. Like it was, that's not what made a man is how athletic you are. It was awesome to be able to grow up like that. It wasn't, it wasn't an extreme amount of, of, of pressure to play. I, I got to actually play sports just for the fun of it. It was novel. But he was livid that day. <laughs> and I remember driving home, and he said, I know you'll probably not remember this past today, which is, I'm sure, the reason I still remember it. But if you're in baseball, football, basketball, life, Don't sit there like a coward holding the ball, afraid to do anything because it might be wrong. 
And that became a little bit like Ricky Bobby, if you're, not, if you're not first, you're last, okay? I made a lot of decisions with that in mind. Because I never wanted to get caught holding the ball. And then COVID came, and some of you who considered yourself a player in life, you got caught, you got caught holding the ball. I'm going to start a new business. No, that one's not there. I'm going to keep going on my business. I don't know if my business is going to be there. I'm going to go back and get a degree. I'm going to keep inviting people to church. I don't, I don't know if we're supposed to. And Satan just rounding the bases. And we're sitting here holding the ball. The valid excuse. I didn't know where to throw it. I didn't see it coming. Nobody told me the guy was going to hit me the ball. It's valid. I'm like 10. I didn't see it coming. We didn't see this coming. It knocked us off our feet. That was a couple years ago. We can't stop advancing because we don't know the future. I don't know who's going to run. I don't know who's going to steal. I don't know who's going to go for it. I don't know how many people are going to score. Do I just get it back to the pitcher and do I, do I kill the play? We're in a season of life where we have no idea what's coming next. It might be worse. <laughs> It might be worse. Is that going to change who God is? Let me tell you right now. If you will study the book of Daniel, if you will study the book of Revelation, I promise you, it's eventually going to get worse. Is that going to happen now? I don't know. Then maybe now, it may be later. But eventually, it'll get worse. Does God change? Let me ask you, those of you who, who, who got to go to work, pay all your bills, provide for a family, and you got to do all that and still had at least $1.50 in the bank, there's a time when you didn't have any money left and you didn't even have enough money for those bills. Are you not the same person? Did you change? Did the circumstances change who you are? What about a holy and a righteous God who needs approval from no one? Does he change according to the circumstances? Do we serve a different God during the 90s when I don't even, you, you know, the church age, like, hey, if you're going to start a new business, you need to go to this church. Because <laughs> that's the cool place to be. That's where you're going to pick up business. Some of y'all did that. People are like, hey, if your business is going to go, you've got to go to a church. That day is gone. But many of us lived through it. 1990 versus 90 AD, where they're wrapping people up and burning them to keep frost off the grapes in their garden because they're Christians. Did God change in those seasons? 
He's not going to change in this next season. He didn't change during COVID. He didn't change with gas prices. He doesn't change because you have anxiety. He doesn't change because you feel peace. God is constant. And if you will look through your life, I bet that you will see that God has been faithful to you. I bet that you will see that God has sustained you. Do not envy the wicked because they draw a sword against you and their sword will pierce their own hearts. They draw a bow against you and their bows will be broken, but the righteous will be upheld. So you can relax. You can drop the hatred for people because it, it's not good. But you've not been watching the news, preacher. You know what? A little bit I have. And I've had to take a bit of a break. My screen time for the last two weeks has been down over an hour. Yeah. I can work up some anxiety too. But here's my question. All the things that you fear, let's say they all come to pass. Every conspiracy theory you've got, it all comes to pass. We can do. You gonna hide? Or are, are you gonna go into hiding? Are you going to live in fear? Are you never gonna trust anyone again? How are you gonna look your kids in the eyes living that way? Verse 23, a person's steps are established by the Lord and he takes pleasure in his way. Though he falls, he will not be overwhelmed because the Lord supports him with his hand. Oh, you'll fall. God will support you. You'll be all right. If you go through life without falling, you died in infancy. If you're afraid of falling, then you cannot walk because you will fall. But the Bible says, though he falls, he will not be overwhelmed because the Lord supports him with his hand. Though he falls, not if he falls, he'll fall. Verse 25, I have been young and now I am old. This is King David and he's dropping some wisdom. Are you ready for this? Yet I have never seen the righteous abandoned or his children begging bread. He is always generous, always lending, and his children are a blessing. Check out John 14, verse 27 through 29. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Don't let your heart be troubled or fearful. Do you understand? He just said, I'm leaving you peace. Don't let your heart be troubled. He's warning you. Stuff's gonna come up that's gonna trouble your heart. Stuff's gonna come up that's gonna make you fearful. I am leaving you peace in the midst of things that make you fearful. Verse 28, you have heard me tell you I am going away and I am coming to you. If you love me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father because the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you may believe. If you don't have Christ, then what peace do you have? If you don't have Christ, then I have to admit we have no idea what's coming next. It could be worse. You better go into hiding. <laughs> What comfort do you have? I don't know. 
but we have Christ. He has left peace with us. He has left the Holy Spirit with us. He promises to contend with those who contend with you. He promises that the righteous will not be left begging bread. Their children won't be left begging bread. The righteous won't be forsaken. Matthew 10, 26, Jesus again. Don't fear those who kill the body but are not able to kill the soul. Rather, fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. If you want something to be afraid of, <laughs> Jesus. If you want somebody to be afraid of, he's the one to be afraid of. That seems a little odd, doesn't it? I thought he was our peace. He is if you're on his side. If you're against him, it's a bad place to stand. Aren't two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father's consent. But even the hairs of your head have all been counted, so don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Therefore, everyone who will acknowledge me before others, I will acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I will also deny him before my Father in heaven. Don't assume that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. So everything I said is now void. This sermon makes no sense. He brings peace, but then he said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. God came so that he could see who loves him, who will follow him, and who won't. And so we have the option to be in opposition to God, and there's an eternal future in that. We have an option to be in favor of God, and there's an eternal future in that. And the Lord being the gentleman he is has given us the ability to choose that. Say, well, that kind of makes me afraid of God. Good. Now you're, now you're getting the scripture. You should fear God more than anything else. I fear being in the path of his destruction. But I find peace being in the path of his blessing. And if I am a believer in the path of his blessing and receiving his gift of my salvation, knowing that he has paid for my sin, he has purchased me. So I said, you know what? I'm for sale. I'm yours. You've got it. His blood was worth more than any price that you cost. You understand that? I know you've done a lot of things. Dude, we've got people in here that have been involved in so many things. Some of you are like, I didn't know anybody knew this. And yes, we know you have murdered someone. You have been engaged in uh, the selling of drugs, illegal prostitution, whatever. And you're like, that is far beyond bull. You don't know who my God is. His blood costs more than whatever that sin costs. And so he gives you that option, and he projects his love onto you. We can receive it or not, but he says, come to me, and I will give you peace. He wants to bring you peace, but on the earth, he is bringing something that will separate you. He doesn't want us to live in a life where we're so comfortable that we just don't need him. And that's what we pray for, really, isn't it? <laughs> 
Like we've never put it in those words, but isn't that the peace that you pray for? God, make it so peaceful that really I don't need you. I want to be so blessed that I don't need your provision. I've got to tell you that God does not want that for you. Did you not cry the first time your kid had a boo-boo and didn't come for you to kiss it? And they wanted to be self-sustaining and be tough enough to do it on their own and we treat God like that, but this wound doesn't go away. He wants his children to come to him. The Father loves you and wants to put you in the path of peace. And I just want to say this if you have placed yourself in that path of peace then live in peace because satan has no dominion over you he says don't destroy the don't, don't fear the one who can destroy the body Fear the one who controls your eternity and if i'm cool with the one who controls my eternity then you know what I don't, I don't necessarily like pain. <laughs> like, I'm not afraid of dying. I just wonder if it hurts to stop breathing. You know what I mean? Like, I, I get that. I get that on some level. I understand that even Jesus sweat drops of blood anticipating the torture that he would go through. But honestly, what dominion does death have over you anymore? What dominion does Satan have over you anymore? What dominion does COVID have over you anymore? What dominion does the economy have over you anymore? Because my heart is not tied to the world. It's tied to Jesus. And though the world fall out from under me, I am still tied to Jesus. I'm not tied to you. I love you, but I'm tied to him. I'm not tied to my spouse. I love her. I'd never be the same without her. My eternity's with Jesus. My future's in Jesus. Not in my family, not in my friends, not in anything but my relationship with Jesus. So what dominion does anything have over me? If you have set yourself in the path of peace, bro, live in peace. Go to the Father every morning and Cast your anxieties on him, literally, audibly, out loud. Give it to him. God, I don't even know what's going on today, but I think we're going to starve to death. We're poor. Lord, take it, right? Give him your anxieties. Give him your cares. God is going to sustain you. Put yourself in the path of peace. There's hard work in the path of peace. I get it. But there's still peace in the path of peace. Let obedience to God be your metric for success. Don't find peace in your wealth. Don't find peace in your possessions. Don't find peace in how many of your enemies that you can get to go away. If you don't have any enemies, you're probably not doing anything. You're probably still in the outfield holding the ball. They're like, you know what? That dude's just going to hold the ball forever. <laughs> Run. Run the bases. Send a new batter. The presence of enemies doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. I want you to have a story to tell your kids. I want you to be proud of yourself for trying. I want you to fear not failure. 
I want you to fear not trying. This may all, you know what? We're trying to make a church going ranger, and you've done a fantastic job. And we're like, oh, at some point, we're like, oh, we're, we can't rent this building anymore. We've got to buy it. And that was like anxiety for me. And then this fear came over, not what if it fails, but what if you never try? Church, what if you never try? What if God gives you a purpose? What if God gives you a mission and you never try? What are you going to tell your family? What are you going to tell yourself? Would you ever be proud of yourself? If some of you went down swinging, and we're going to talk, we're going to keep going on this baseball theme, we're going to talk about going down swinging. But if some of you went down swinging, don't you walk back to the dugout with your head between your legs? Tail between your legs. How does that work? I guess you couldn't walk with your head between. Whatever. <laughs> Be proud of yourself. Church, there's so much peace available. Worship team, I want you to come up. I want you to understand that God is for you. I want you to understand that God is for you and he is not affected by your troubles. I want you to understand that God is not in fear of an election. God is not in fear of a disease. God is not in fear of anything. Position yourself in his path. Position yourself in the path of peace and have peace. We have an advocate before the Father. Jesus came, purchased your sins, pleaded your case before the Father, and you are forgiven. And he makes you righteous. And his mercy is new every morning. And he is longing for us to live a forgiven life. Will you ever be sinless? Not as long as you can breathe, but you can pursue God. Will you ever be righteous? Not relative to the body that you're in, but you know who gets to call people righteous or not? Jesus. <laughs> you ever see a pitch and the ump is like, and you're, mm -mm. <laughs> like, listen, I pitched that one. I can tell you it wasn't a strike, but the ump called it a strike. What is it? It's a strike. There's so much peace available for you, but you gotta go to the Father. You gotta have communion with him. You gotta have a relationship with him. Listen, what word was it that was agitated in Psalm 30, uh, that was agitated, what word? What word was repeated <laughs> in Psalm 37? Yeah, open book test. <laughs> agitated, church, if you've been agitated, to the point that you're sitting there holding the ball. You're not leading your family because you're holding the ball. You're not going to the Father. You have no idea what's happening on the basis. I have no idea the future of my job. I have no idea the future of my country. I just, I, 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 I'm agitated. I'm so angry at people. I'm not throwing anybody the ball. That's no good. Christ has peace to offer you 
and you need to let that overflow into some people that you're agitated with. So let's pray. Lord, you are so faithful to us. God, I pray that we will live in your path of peace. I pray, Lord, that you will comfort us. I pray, Lord, that that the blessings that, that you give us in whatever form they may be will overflow into our community. And that, that Ranger, that Eastland County would be a really hard place to go to hell from because somebody has shown me not superstition, not religion, but a living, active, faithful God. Let us be a part of that, Father, and move in our lives and we ask this in Jesus' name.